we, we saw two weeks ago what the problem was. The problem that Paul established for us is that we are all sinful. And so the problem was sinful humanity. My message today is the provision. And you're only filling the blank this morning. The provision is the one and only Jesus. Would you write that down? Jesus. The Jewish idea and the Jewish understanding of believing or having faith is always this. Believing and obeying. And so Paul makes it very, very clear. It was the same for Abraham like it is for us. God was always looking for faith. Faith is the only thing that pleases God. Faith and, and obedience. And because we're so out of our mind that God, like, he looks at me and knows everything that I've done and everything that I will do, and he still says that I'm righteous. Oh, my God. We're so overwhelmed and blown away by that that the Holy Spirit in us generates the ability for us to obey. But Paul makes it so very, very clear that where our weakness and our sin abound, grace abounds all the more. You were buried. That, that sinful nature in you, that nature that says, no, I, I can do whatever I want, I can do whatever I feel, if it feels good, I'm gonna do it, nobody can tell me not to. Paul says, that sinful nature in you was buried with Christ. He says something so powerful, and you have it there. It's probably the most, most famous verse in chapter 6, 623. It's, it, it, it's like the most famous. He said, look, if you just always do what you feel, if you just always live how everybody, what you earn from that, the wages of sin is what, family? Death. But the free and everybody do your pastor a favor would you shout free? free the free gift of god is not death it is eternal life in christ jesus our lord Well, hello, my beautiful family. All right, it's fantastic to see you as always. And we're continuing on in our series, A Walk Through Romans. I told you guys at the beginning of this that Romans is my favorite book in the Bible. It's just, it's so awesome. It's so full of really, really great, rich stuff that will transform our lives. And so we're continuing on. We've worked our way through chapters one through eight. And today we're looking at chapters 9, 10, and 11. And we left off last week with Paul encouraging us, with Paul just filling us with all those amazing scriptures from Romans chapter 8, that if God is for us, who can be against us? That you are not a common, ordinary, everyday conqueror. You are what? More than a conqueror. And this incredible, incredible truth that ended that chapter that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That's some good stuff right there. And so today, 
in these three chapters, we, he established that, that we all messed up, that Israel messed up, that, that the non, uh, non-Jewish people messed up, that we were all sinful, and, but God had a plan. And it's important in the context of this message today, family, that you wrap your brain around this, okay? God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And God's ways are not our ways. And so it's important that you understand that God is not just there reacting and without, you know, without a plan. Without, God is sovereign. God is in control. And so we see Paul starting off in chapter 9 with his heart breaking for his fellow Israelites. His heart is breaking. He is crying out in anguish that he wishes that they would have recognized Jesus as the Messiah, that Jesus is a Jew. He actually came from them and his heart is breaking. He was like, they saw the miracles and they, they witnessed these wonderful things happening, but they didn't recognize that Jesus was the Messiah. And so he's crying out for his people. His, his heart is breaking. We, you, we see it. We, I can almost feel it as I'm reading it. But he gives us hope, family, and he gives the Jewish Christian listeners of this letter, he gives them hope. I titled my message today, What About Israel? What about Israel? Has God just written them off? Hey, they had their shot, and there are people that actually think that. And so I want you to know, family, it's okay for us to have opinions. But anyone that speaks on behalf of the Lord, all those opinions have to line up with the Bible. Amen, family? So we look to what the Word of God says about Israel, and there's some things that we're going to learn today that hopefully will deepen our understanding of God's promise to Israel and God's promises for us. He poses these questions and he he goes on to, to say this, to make this incredible statement, family, but it is not as though the word of God has failed. Every single promise that God has made, he is faithful to see it through to completion, family. God is not a man that he should lie. The word of God has not failed. For not all who are descendants from Israel belong to Israel. And not all children of Abraham, because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh. And I'll explain this to you. The children of the flesh who are the children of God. But the children of the what family? Promise. That are counted as offspring. And so there was this ideology back in the day among a lot of the Jewish people. They thought, we're good with God. Because we're Israel. Like we're the first nation that God ever revealed himself to. And God made Abraham all of these ridiculous promises. And so since I'm a descendant of Abraham, I'm all set. I'm all good. And Paul begins to address that. He says, not all the descendants of of Abraham are truly 
God's children. And you need to know one of the one of the definitions of the word Israel, the name Israel means governed by God. And so he's saying there are Jewish people that have decided they're going to live however they want to live. They have not surrendered. They have not submitted themselves to following God. And so he says to his fellow Israelites, just because you were born in the line of Abraham doesn't mean you're guaranteed to just automatically be counted as a child of God. You have to understand this would have been shocking for the listeners. Like they would have been absolutely appalled. What are you talking about? This would have been very, very shocking to hear this. But God's always been looking, family. He's always been looking for people to serve him from a place of faith. And then he goes on. In the middle of this chapter, family, he launches into this description of what it means to honor God and what it means to dishonor God. He said that back then, and even in our time today, it looks like there are people that are doing everything they possibly can to fight against the good news of Jesus Christ. They, they're, they're doing all kinds of crazy things. You can't mention the name of Jesus here. Oh, you better not say God there. Paul clears up something for us. He says, not everybody that looks like they're enemies of God are, are harming the gospel. That God can use people that are against him and God can use people that publicly appear to be for him. There are vessels of honor and dishonor. So it's really, really important, family, that we don't get caught up in what in appearances and what looks like. Well, they look like they're for God. Well, they look like they're doing everything they possibly can to stop the things of God. You need to keep this in your mind, family. God has a plan. Amen. God has a plan. And so he wraps this chapter up by establishing this truth, family. It's there in your notes. What shall we say then? Here's what happened. The Gentiles did not pursue righteousness, did not work for righteousness, and have attained it. That is, a righteousness that is by faith. But that Israel, who pursued a law, who worked the law, the rules and regulations that they were given by God, that would lead to righteousness, did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Why? Because they did not pursue it by what family? Faith. Faith. But as if it were based on works. They got caught up. We've got these rules and these guidelines. God appeared to Moses and said, I want you to be different from all the other nations. And he gave him these, these rules and these guidelines to follow. And they got so caught up in, okay, I just need to be good. I need to follow all the rules. If I can just get it right. If it, and how many of us make that mistake? I just need to be a good person. If I could stop cussing and if I could stop doing it and if I could do this, I just need to work on being a really good person. We can sometimes make the same mistake. Getting our eyes focused on, oh my gosh, I have to behave and I have to do, instead of keeping our eyes on Jesus. So he went on to say they have stumbled over 
the stumbling stone. As it is written, he's quoting Isaiah here, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And if you read through the New Testament, you see that the Jewish people were absolutely appalled because Jesus went around, he had the audacity to say, guess what? I'm the son of God right here. They were absolutely offended by God's plan for salvation. They stumbled over the rock of offense But he says, whoever believes in him, whoever puts their faith in him, will not be put to shame. God has a plan. And I want you to know this truth this morning, family, in point number one. My beautiful family, it's important that you know this. Israel's rejection of of Jesus then and of Jesus now. Israel's rejection of Jesus has not eliminated them from God's plan. And why should you care? Why is that good news for you and I? And I want you to get this, family. What security would you and I have if God could write off an entire nation of people? What security do you and I have that there won't be a mistake or a a sin that we stumble into that God wouldn't just decide one day, you know what, I'm done with you. How many are thankful for the grace and the mercy of God that are new every morning? And so I want you to hear the truth and know the truth, family. God has not said, see ya. That's great news for us. Because there are times by our words, by our actions, by our behavior, that it looks like we're rejecting Jesus. I'm so thankful that his grace covers a multitude of sin. He goes on to say in chapter 10, family, he says, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. And this needs to be our prayer, family, that somehow that their eyes would be open. That should be our prayer for everyone who has not yet come into relationship with Jesus. Not looking down our nose in judgment, not thinking we're any, we're any better than anybody else, but our hearts cry, our prayer should be, God, we want everyone to know you. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. He's talking about his fellow people, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God, the plan of Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God, and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ, and my beautiful family, if you're kind of clocking out right now, tune back in, okay? Because this is a verse, (laughs) you might be, this is a verse that is often misquoted and very misunderstood. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness for everyone who believes. It's important that you just don't read the Bible, family, but you dissect it and you, you study it. That word end there, for Christ is the goal the goal of the law. Everything in the Old Testament that you read, all of the wars and all the things that just seemed really, really scary and weird, it was all just unfold. It was pointing to Jesus. 
You're not able to save yourself. All of your good intentions, all of your good works, everything that happened was just pointing to, and the Jewish people didn't see it. They had the law of Moses. They had these guidelines. They had these rules. And for generations, it's what they knew. But God was doing a new thing. And they missed it. So Paul is teaching us here, family. And remember, we touched on this earlier in, in in this series. It can be possible for you to sincerely believe something and be absolutely wrong. Yeah. But he doesn't end that chapter there. He goes on into this gorgeous, oh my goodness, you guys, some of the most beautiful scripture. He, he's like, no one's isolated. No one's left out. He, he goes into this dissertation about how the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is for everyone. Look there in your notes, family. He says it's always been about the heart. It's, it's always been. It's not been about the show. It's not been about the outward, how people see us or how people perceive us. It's always been with the heart that one believes and is justified, is made right before God. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved, family. For the scripture says, everyone, and would you do me a favor in the true second service way, would you shout out everyone? Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches, his salvation on all who will call on him for everyone. All right, one more time. Let me hear you, everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Yeah, but Pastor Matt, you don't know some of the things I've done. And when you say everyone, do you mean the pervert? Like, what about the murderer and the rapist? And what about, come on, Pastor Matt, surely Paul doesn't mean like everyone. The incredible news of the good, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is we serve a God that is willing to reach down into the lowest gutters and rescue us out of even our darkest and worst mistakes, family. There is no one, there is no one too far gone. There is no one that God looks from on high down on and says, that is disgusting. I'm not having any part of him. I don't want any. There is no one. The the relentless love of Christ won't chase after and rescue. Remember the audience, family. This would have been shocking for them sitting there while someone is reading this letter. This would have been... You keep saying, Paul, there's no difference between Jew and Greek, but we're special. We're God's people. And he's like, you need Jesus. And hear me, family. Because down through the years, people have confused this. There's been a little bit of confusion when it comes to salvation and Israel. Some have this idea that the Jews can somehow have this alternate route to salvation around Jesus. And that's not the truth. Paul is saying, 
Point number two, family. Faith in Jesus is the only way for anyone to be saved. And I understand the implications of that. I understand that that sounds like we're, 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 we've got it all figured out, and if you don't do it our way, then you're doing it the wrong way. And so I, I understand that they, that may not be the correct thing to always, but it's the truth, family. We go by the truth of the word of God. And so only faith in Jesus, only calling out to him, that's the way that all of our sins are forgiven. That's the way that we stand before God on judgment day, not nervous and not freaked out and not standing there knowing that we are in Jesus. We are secure. So my beautiful family, he, he cuts right to the chase. All throughout this book so far, you, you've noticed there's been a bunch of questions. He's imagining, after hearing this, that these questions would be coming up. And so he gets right to the point in chapter 11. Okay, 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 you're probably sitting there wondering, has God completely rejected Israel? Has God said, that's it, signed, sealed, delivered, I am done with you? And he says, absolutely not, I'm a Jew. <laughs> He's like, I'm of the people of Israel. So no. the thing is, family, that as we read through the Old Testament and we see their rebellion, it's easy for us now in 2018 to be like, oh, can you believe they, they, they keep turning away from God? We need to look at ourselves, right, family? Come on, come on, let's, let's be real. It's easy for us now to look at their mistakes and just be like, well, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have crucified Jesus. I just, I just would it's easy for us to sit in that position now. The truth is, there are a lot of people that even today believe that, and it is so important that we pray for and align ourselves with Israel. Paul says, no. God's always had a remnant of people. When we read their mistakes, it wasn't all, it wasn't the entire nation of Israel that turned their back on God. God's always had a faithful few that kept their faith in him. And so realizing the rise of this anti-Semitic attitude in the Roman Empire, he didn't want that attitude to poison the new Christian converts. He didn't want anybody to be confused about God's promise to Israel. And so he goes on to say this, family. So I ask, did Israel stumble in order that they might fall? And how many of you know there's a difference between stumbling and falling? <laughs> did Israel stumble so that they might fall, so that they might be counted out, so that they might be disqualified. This, you've gotta grab this family. By no means. He says, look at this. Let me break it down for you. Let me tell you what the deeper truth in this is. No. Rather though through their trespass, through their rejection of Jesus, 
salvation has come to the Gentiles so as to make Israel jealous. He's saying this because they rejected it. They didn't want the gospel. They didn't want to accept Jesus as their Messiah. They persecuted us. Well, that gave us the opportunity to say, okay, well, you're rejecting him. We're going to go to these people, the non-Jews. He's saying their stumble actually has worked out for our good. And so the, any little hint of anti-Semitism, we need to rail against that. Now, if their trespass means riches, salvation for the world, and if their failure means riches, salvation for the Gentiles, non-Jews, how much more will their full inclusion mean? It's like, oh my goodness, God, is there a way? By, by and large, the nation of Israel today has rejected Jesus. They do not recognize Jesus as the Messiah. They're still waiting for the first coming. And so he goes, the question that's out there, family, is this. Is there a way? God, we know you're all powerful. We know you did all these like incredible things. You parted the Red Sea. You made food fall from the sky. You did, you know, you you resurrected Jesus. You know, so is there, God, is there a way for this nation to somehow, how much more of a miracle family would it be for these people for generations that have rejected Jesus? to turn to him and accept him. Wouldn't that be just like, oh my goodness? And so he breaks it down even further and he's like, for my Gentile listeners, I don't want you to be confused about this. I don't want you to be confused about God's promise to Israel. And so he says this, family, lest you be wise in your own sight, which means lest you think you know it all. (laughs) I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. I don't want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. A partial hardening. Not everybody. There are Messianic Jews. There are Jewish people that have recognized, yep, yep, man, we, we, we had our traditions, we had our ways, and, and they were acknowledging God, but they were pointing to Jesus. So he, he makes this mystery clear to us, family. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, he's quoting from the book of Isaiah again, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob, the descendants of Abraham. And this will be my what family? Covenant with them when I take away their sins. Hear your pastor's heart this morning, my beautiful family. God is not rejected Israel. Currently, Israel has rejected God's plan of salvation. But I want you to mark this day in your soul as truth. I don't know if it'll be in your lifetime, in my lifetime, I don't know. But there is going to come a day when we start seeing this wave of Jewish people 
saying, yep. <laughs> Our ancestors, you know, they had the law of Moses and they, they couldn't see. We get it now. We get it. it. It's always been about Jesus. It wasn't God up there. Oh my goodness. Okay, Adam and Eve screwed up. So I got to, oh, I got to work out something. Oh my God. It's always been the plan of God to reveal himself to Abraham and his descendants. From the foundations of the earth, the Bible says, from the foundations of the earth, before any of this was ever created, before there was us, the plan of salvation was that God would pay the ultimate price. He would send his son to die in our place for the non-Jews and for the nation of Israel. Family, take heed to point number three. Someday, Israel will, will proclaim Jesus as their Messiah. We'll see it. There'll start to be this shift in their heart, this shift in their thinking. And so that's God's promise to Israel. Why in the world should you care? <laughs> Why should you? Because God never breaks his promise. Never. And so what is it that you've given up on? What is it that you've been hoping for and praying for? And it's like, I don't see any movement in it. I don't see anything happening. What is it that today you're just about ready to say, forget it? some of the things I've been involved in, and you, you, it'll freak you out. And we could sit down, and I could tell you things that I've done, and you'd be like, oh, you're a pastor. Great news is that his arms are open wide. Whatever you're hoping for and believing for, some twists and some turns, some mountains and some valleys, some things that were absolutely, completely unexpected, that just came out of nowhere and have rocked you to your core. God's promises are true. That when you're weak, He will be strength for you. When you're blown away and you're overwhelmed and you're ready to just say, that's it, I... I can't take any more. My life was going in this direction and then boom, sudden. In our weakness, you will see God being faithful. 
you bow your head, my beautiful family? God, we thank you that your word is true, that your promises are true for us. We're so thankful for the truth that no one's ever too far away. God, we're so thankful for all the promises that you made Israel. And that because you haven't written them off, we can stand secure that you will never write us off. The truth is, God, is that you're here and you're working in our lives. We're not perfect. None of us are perfect. But God, we just want to be pleasing to you. We just want to live a life that means something, a life that matters. That when people see us and when they hear from us and the way we behave, that it's like those people love Show us the way, Jesus. If you'll keep your head bowed and your eyes closed, maybe you're here and you're watching and you don't ever remember a time in your life where you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. I've already established with you, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. He's poised and ready to wash away, to forgive you of every sin. Would you say this prayer after me? Would you say, dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. But I ask you today to come into my life. Take away all that sin, all the secrets, all the shame, all the regrets. I'm laying them down. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me. And I'm saying today that I'm going to follow you, that I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for me, that you rose again, and that right now, you're seated in heaven, praying for me. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. My beautiful family, I love you from the bottom of my heart. God bless you. Yes. Oh, yeah. Aren't you glad you came today? Amen. And to me, like, I'm so thankful for the Word of God. And I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit that he would uh, place this message in Pastor Matt's heart. And he shows how much God loves us. Because, guys, you know it. When you go out there and you try to live the Christian life and you're trying to live in this world, we need this message solid in our hearts to be able to have the confidence and the security, the security that God didn't reject Israel, guess what? God will not reject you. Amen. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. It's a promise that God made to Israel. It's a promise that God made to you. It belongs to you. And you can go boldly, live out all the things that God intended for you to live, knowing that He is with you, that He is always with you. So consider the source. Consider the one who made the promise. Consider the one who's telling you. Even last week as we learned, what can separate us from the love of God? What can separate us from Him? Nothing. Nothing can break that promise. Amen. Amen. Would you all stand up? So guys, this week, as you go and you pray for Israel, Pastor Matt said, as we were reading such a powerful thing, how much more when Israel comes up, come, come on board, right? So pray for Israel this week and you go out there in the confidence in knowing that God is with you. He will never leave you. He will never reject you. Amen. And you go conquer out there, all right? God bless you. See you next week.